hello to the big, beautiful morning. This is 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair here with the Tuesday morning buzz, the last one before the Thanksgiving break. I'm here, as always, Kyle Pepitone, with my co-host, Jacob Getz, and our sports-slash-newscaster today, Campbell Donovan. Good morning, both of you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. That's great to hear, Campbell. I'm doing better than I was last week, so I'm glad to be back. That's awesome. Sorry, it's great to have you back. As always, we've got a show lined up for you today. We are going to be looking at the aftermath of the Kyle Rittenhouse case and the the Waukesha parade crash. But before we have any of that, we have Campbell today with our newscast. Campbell, what's going on in the world? Well, thank you, Kyle, and good morning, everybody. My name is Campbell Diving, and on this beautiful but chilly Tuesday, I'm joining you here from 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. Now time for your 7 a.m. sports cat. Excuse me, newscast. I'm getting confused already. From the Montclairian, Montclair State University held an in-person and online meeting to acknowledge native land. Montclair State President Jonathan Capel started the meeting talking about indigenous people, saying, quote, one of the most central issues excuse me, that we have to face in the, as a country. One element of the past is that we have to reconcile ourselves is with genocide of indigenous Americans as an extremely foundational element of this country. The genocide of the cultural and little Native, Native Americans is one of is one aspect in our history that is shamefully papered over, end quote. According to NJ.com, a Burlington County man admitted his role in a GoFundMe scam that involved his then-girlfriend in a lie about a helpful homeless veteran. The man and his girlfriend wound up securing $400,000 from online donors. In national news, AP News says Cameron House told Fox News that his case was not a matter of race. Rittenhouse stated, quote, this case has nothing to do with the race. It had never to do anything to do with race. It had to do with the right to self-defense, end quote. More on that later. Now for the weather on this Tuesday, we're looking at a high of 44 and a low of 31. It's currently a chilly 31, so be sure to bundle up with all your heavy clothing. The air quality is good, and the humidity is at around 60%. Today will be nice and sunny all day. Guys, this has been your 8 a.m. newscast. Back to you, Kyle. Awesome. Thank you so much. And before I give it back to you, Campbell, for the sportscast, I do want to say this. So I often forget to put my water bottle in my fridge at night. So by the morning, it is, you know, room temperature, kind of warm. I walked over here today to the studio uh, in the what is described as 31 degree weather. Yeah. My water was cold by the time I got to the building. Let that sink in. (laughs) Cold and refreshing. Yeah. I'm happy something good came out of it. Something. I I was also going to say, at what point does the high temperature stop being considered a high temperature? Because I don't consider 44 a high temperature. But that's just me. Anyway, before I start rambling, Campbell, back to you again. What is going on in the world, this time, the world of sports? Well, thank you. And now time. Now I know. Not to mess it up this time again. Now time for 7 a.m. sportscast. Monday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers crush the New York Giants 30-10. to 10. 
And tonight, LeBron James has been suspended for one game after his injection during a scrum against the Detroit Pistons. For the first time in his career, LeBron James will not play tonight against the Knicks. Last night, the Brooklyn Nets beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 117 to 112. And good news for Devils fans out there. Jack Hughes is back in the ice for the Devils, participating in non-contact jersey. Hughes was injured earlier in the season after being rammed into the boards and injuring his shoulder. MSC men's and women's basketball will be on the road tonight at Kane in a back-to-back matinee matchup against the Cougars. And on this day, wishing Red Sox legend Louis Tiant a happy 81st birthday. This has been your 7 a.m. sportscast. Back to you, Kyle. Awesome. Thank you so much. And now, as always, we move into our top story from APnews.com. Wakisha parade crash suspect bail raises questions. The suspect in a Christmas parade crash in suburban Milwaukee that killed five people was free on a $1,000 bail posted just two days before the deadly event. One pending case against Darrell Brooks Jr., included an allegation that he deliberately hit a woman with his car in early November after a fight. Prosecutors in Milwaukee County on Monday called the bail, called their bail recommendation inappropriately low, given the facts of the case and the Sunday crash, and said they would review it. Police say they're going to recommend he faces five charges of first-degree intentional homicide, which is punishable by life in prison. Legal experts cautioned that one extreme case should not be the reason to push for higher bail amounts that would keep poor defendants behind bars longer while they await trial. Oh, geez. Um, there's a lot. Oh. There's a lot to unpack, but I will say, based on what this is, I mean, you deliberately hit somebody with your car. Of course, that was allegedly. But if he did, uh, yeah, $1,000 is way too low. Yeah, that does seem like a lot to, um, like, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, like a little a thousand dollars barely even covers like getting a dent out of a car, much less, you know, hitting somebody with one. Like, think about medical expenses uh, for the woman he hit um, and just all that, because this is not it's way too low. I would just yes, obviously, as legal experts say, one case shouldn't decide everything. But also, that doesn't make sense. Uh, one extreme case should not push for higher bail that would keep poor defendants behind bars longer while they await trial. If there shouldn't they be, I'm confused because isn't the whole point to like be in custody until your trial happens? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not but... like I'm not a lawyer or in any field of law, but I feel like what's the point of like arresting somebody if they're free to live their life until they're called to court um i i I don't i don't know i don't know how the legal system works okay (laughs) me me neither but um, But i I will preface this these are all everything i just said is my own opinion and does not reflect that mm -hmm. of anyone else here or of the station yeah as a whole and according to the ghost of kenny bail gives you the chance to not live in court until your trial yeah okay so it's like you don't have to hang out there until like but it goes back to you did something wrong and now you have to you know kind of like yeah but that's just kind of how it 
like this this that, that's the system you know it's like yeah i'm not sure um it, it's like I, i'm gonna give this analogy it's like if your parents asked you like you did something wrong in front of your parents and they ground you and for like a week before you have to defend yourself mm -hmm. but you give them like a 20 and they're like okay you suffer no punishments until the week of your court date or whatever yeah, it is for <laughs> your court date yeah. for cheating on your test. <laughs> um, no, but I think it's also important to keep in mind that this isn't really supposed to be available right. to everyone. It's supposed to be available to like the ultra wealthy. Well, not the ultra wealthy, but just like, you know, people who could yeah. afford it, which is, I think in itself kind of messed up. Yeah. I don't and, um, agree with that at all. That's I'd like, um, stupid thing. Wait, so what I'm getting out of this, sorry to interrupt you. But... Yeah. Um, what I'm getting at this article is that the person who ran in, rammed into five people and injuring multiple is literally free on bail. No, not right now. Not it now. was before, before he did it. He oh, did something he else his, uh, where he struck one person with a car um, and he was put on bail for that incident. And then he uh, went okay. on to commit this. Exactly uh, more why heinous. this shouldn't work. And according to the ghost of Kenny, you don't even have to pay the whole thing up front. You have to pay 10% and then just pay the rest in time. Like it's layaway in Walmart. Oh, geez. Yeah. What, what do you, uh, that bail never made any sense to me. I just yeah, never no, understood paying your way. I mean, it's, it, uh, this is just the article full of analogies now, but it's like a game of Monopoly. Oh yeah. It's a very, um, yeah, it's a very questionable system. Yeah. That's, uh, it's. Especially very like, confusing in this story. Yeah, geez, this is just absolutely horrible. Yeah, that is. Um, there's some stuff that needs to be looked over there, because things are not adding up. But speaking of trials, Jake, yes. our next story. Okay, so uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, you might you might have heard of him in the past few weeks. Um, tells Fox News. That he's not a racist person and that he actually supports the BLM movement. Kyle Rittenhouse said in a wide-ranging interview that aired on Monday night that he's not a racist person and supports the Black Lives Matter movement. That being said, Rittenhouse was photographed in a bar before the trial with apparent members of far-right Proud Boys. Rittenhouse attorneys have said he is not a white supremacist. He said, quote, I am not a racist person. I support the BLM movement. I support peacefully demonstrating. I feel like my life has been extremely defamed. I have really good lawyers who are taking care of that right now, end quote. Rittenhouse said that his life is different from what he had planned. He said it is taking he is taking college prerequisites to become a nurse and hopes to study on campus, but is also now thinking about studying law. Plans to move to the Midwest, but is not exactly sure where he will go. Huh. So um, this is kind of um, bizarre. Uh, well, I don't know. It's kind of funny in a way because I saw, um, I, I occasionally go on an app you might've heard of called Twitter. And um, a lot of people were mad about this. Really? You know? I mean, well, <laughs> well, well, a lot of people obviously- really. It's really, Twitter. people were people mad are about be... Kyle written. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Not only that, it's Twitter. People are going to be mad about anything. But the people who are mad about this are concerned, like, more, are, I guess, right-wingers. Really? Because here, they've been backing Kyle Rittenhouse, and then he says that he backs the BLM movement. 
Hmm. It's like a like very true. There but were also, a lot of people mad about that, like just straight up. Yeah, but with that being um, said, you also read that he was allegedly photographed with members yep. of Proud Boys. So mm-hmm. it is very possible he's just saying this oh, to absolutely. like give himself a little bit of credit. Yeah, no, I it's hundred percent PR. Like with, I don't know. Which if you ask me, let's say he does I'm not saying he doesn't, but hypothetically if he's just saying it as like you said pr Mm -hmm. i feel like he's pushing it a little bit because he already got acquitted which uh i believe means he was free of all charges yeah no that's what you explained to me yeah and so now to kind of make himself look better and say he supports it just like solely for the purpose of looking better once again this is all hypothetical Mm -hmm. it's like you know the first rule of dig uh when you're stuck in a hole is to stop digging yeah and i, I feel like maybe like it, it, he could very well not like he could very well support the uh, blm movement wholeheartedly but i'm saying if he doesn't and is just doing it as pr he's digging himself in a deeper hole because with the photograph of him with the proud boys and let's say later down the line it comes out that he doesn't actually yeah support blm and he can't claim his life has been defamed because then that one's on him but i do feel like he's been through a lot and you know understandably so he did something yeah bad no matter what side you support yeah, killing <laughs> shooting killing somebody two people is kind of like oh yeah, yeah. That's, it goes up all the way to like that is a law like even religion says don't yeah. do so yeah. like try to avoid that yeah so no matter what side you support you know he didn't do something morally right Mm -hmm. per se in the grand scheme of things but to say like he would like ungenuinely support the blm movement like i said just to make himself look a little better and then by any chance that comes out later that he's literally actually did do it to support him just to make himself look better then that kind of takes away all like deniability he has yeah it's tough because you can never truly know what's going on in a person's head, what they think and feel. But Very at the same time, it's like, I don't know. If you're hanging out with white supremacists, you're probably a white supremacist. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if there's an exact saying, but like you, you're you like the people you hang around. Yeah. Very. There's a very little chance you will. And also, you did kind of shoot up a Black Lives Matter rally. That, so that like, too. That you're not, you're, yeah, I don't see you being a big yeah uh, but uh, leftist ally in the future like, yeah saying you support peacefully demonstrating and then walking in with assault yeah. rifle uh can you say oxymoron <laughs> or yeah. juxtaposition or dichotomy yeah go there's a million them. words i could have put there but you get the point with that being said we're going to take a short break and when we come back we've got more news for you including montclair and the NAACP. So oh, stay tuned for that. Welcome back to 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. This is the Tuesday morning buzz of 2021 in the fall, even though with the weather report Campbell gave us, I'm not too sure how much more fall yeah, we're going to have. We're running to quote, out. The quote, uh, Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Ugh. Even kind though, of unfortunate. Even though I didn't watch the series. Yeah, neither have I. I've seen like two episodes. So My brother don't feel thinks bad. it's the greatest thing ever, and oh, I can, really? and I could still argue with him that 
The Sopranos is the better <laughs> yeah. show. And y'all haven't seen like you haven't even seen it, so it's just like we'll have to talk yeah. about that later. Uh-huh. But I am your host, Cobb Pepitone, co-host Jacob Getz, sports slash newscaster Campbell Donovan, and as always, the ghost of Kenny in the background. Not physically the background, yeah. but you get the point. He's here in spirit. We're back. And we have our next story as NJ's first full report on school staff student COVID cases show 22,000 positive tests this year. From NJ.com, New Jersey on Monday publicly reported for the first time that there have been nearly 22 or 23,000 positive coronavirus tests among students and staff in the grades kindergarten through 12th grade across the state since the start of the academic academic year, along with the numbers showing nearly 85% of school staff are fully vaccinated. The new data available on state's COVID-19 dashboard includes almost 2,100 schools, nearly 60% of the state's total, that are now providing weekly updates to the state's Department of Health. Previously, the state had only reported that student and staff positive tests were linked through contact tracing to be in-school transmission of three or more cases. New Jersey required all public and private school employees to be fully vaccinated against the virus and undergo regular testing by October 18th. Oh, geez. Yeah. When everyone was like talking about how like, you know, kids are tough. They got their immune system. We don't let's just open up schools again. Like, I don't know. I'm not exactly against like opening up schools or like, you know, like I'm not like taking a definitive stance, but like, um, it, it, it is funny because I feel like there was a lot of rhetoric going around about like it wouldn't like this just wouldn't happen. And 23,000. Oh. Yeah, well, this is going to sound weird, but silver lining, that's 23,000 uh, for the entire act. OK, wait, no, I take that back. The academic year has only been like three months. So oh, I was going to say, you know, for the whole year, 22,000 isn't bad but then i'm like mm. oh wait that's twenty three thousand in less than three months whoops so less good Ugh. but i mean i'm curious to see how the numbers are affected if we group in universities with this yeah because this is only k through 12 so mm-hmm. once again us Rutgers, tcnj all those places they don't care about us college kids yeah are not included And the article here says that all public and private school employees were said to be fully vaccinated. And as we know, the vaccine is only eligible to those 12 and up, I believe, right? Unless it changed recently. Oh, I I think I remember. I think it might have gone down like two or three ages. Well, they've recently have approved the boosters for the different type of shots, but I can't remember if they approve anything right but for the longest time it used to be 12 years old and up which as you know um does not cover a few grades it sounds like now it's like 5 to 15 can get it too okay that's good but as we does that cover all the way k through 12 or is there some grades oh geez how old are you in kindergarten i don't know i barely remember last week much less 15 years ago you in kindergarten so yeah so 
not all students. oh yeah you're about five. Oh, okay so it now covers all through k through 12 but that was only recently correct yeah i believe so right so that being said you missed a few grades when it was only 12 years old so that's why all students weren't mandated to get vaccinated that being said here in the like seven colleges i just mentioned all students were mandated to get the vaccines so i'm very curious to see how those would affect the numbers obviously it would increase in some aspect but i'm wondering if it will increase like x not exponentially but drastically because yes colleges are a much bigger campus but we have that mandated vaccine to fall back on for lack of a better word yeah and that being said, having only 85% of school staff, I honestly thought it would have been much higher. 85% of school staff? Yeah, you think. Um, I but... mean, what are we here at Montclair? We're close to like 95% vaccinated, at least within the student body. Oh, wow. Um, I haven't seen any numbers like that. Yeah, they haven't sent out numbers. It sounds right to me. Yeah, I know I we assume... were somewhere in the 90s last time I checked before the start of the semester. Yeah, I'd assume most people are vaccinated yeah, except I mean, for, you know, cases of like religious exemption or some right. sort of, you know, health thing. Yeah, unless other than those three reasons, if you're not vaccinated, you are not on campus. Yeah. But with that being said, Jake, let's take a look at Montclair. And what's happening with them? Okay, the NAACP, Montclair Township Attorney, called member three-fifths of a human. Oh, boy, what is going on here? Two members of Montclair chapter of NAACP alleged the township's attorney made a racially insensitive remark, calling three-fifths of a human after they joined him for a court hearing in September. The allegations are being made public as the township finds itself another uh, beginning another separate invest investigation involving the issue of race. Two firefighters say that they that believe a promotions test scoring rubric was deliberately crafted to put them at a disadvantage, discarding their seniority and penalizing them for decades-old disciplinary incidents. Council members agreed last week to hire a council to review that matter as well. And chapter leaders say they're still waiting to hear back about an investigation of the matter that they believe has been completed for weeks. Councilman Peter Iacobelis independently confirmed to Montclair Local Monday that he and other members of the governing body had received the report. He said he couldn't address the report's findings and that the council hadn't yet had time to discuss them as a group. Other council members haven't yet been reached or declined comment from the Montclair Local. Township manager Timothy Stafford also hasn't um, returned messages left since Monday morning. Oh, geez. A lot going on here. Um, well, first, it needs to be remarked that uh, it's, that was a that's, bad that's thing pretty to bad. Say. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty terrible. Don't don't can, do that. Can I just Stop, say please. something? Yeah, go ahead. If Campbell. you if if you have to if say something mean. that's not really nice, don't say it at all. Yeah, yeah. Especially like this goes beyond not nice. This goes. Yeah. You know. Uh, insensitive makes you look like a horrible person uh you wind up on a headline on mm -hmm. an amazing new show with an amazing crew um yeah not so, a good way to do that yeah you know if you have nothing nice to say don't say it 
if you have something truly horrible to say, see a therapist. Maybe like, yeah, <laughs> or... leave the room. And then uh, according to Jake, which obviously, once again, just his opinion, not that of the station. Uh, but yeah, like see a therapist or like talk to somebody because no. you got to be like, not in a horrible place, but like yeah. to have your mind first think that like, I understand like there are some people who like have issues like with filtering what they say and stuff, but like to have your brain conjure up to say that run through, like, should we say that approve saying that <laughs> and then physically saying Make it that. through the entire like administrative process in your brain. Yeah. It's just like, no, no, you need to. So, something uh. needs to be fixed because that is not something you should say ever. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cool that the NWACP is uh cracking down on it because yeah, I mean it's I I think there was a number of organizations that would not tolerate this. Yeah, like if it happened within their uh general body, I guess is that the right way yeah. to say it? No, you like to think, but I don't know. This stuff does get swept under the rug sometimes. Um, yeah, generally, I I don't even yeah yeah. But with that being said, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we got more stories for you, including a guy who turns old tires into beds for dogs and cats. And oh boy, I'm excited for that one. Stay tuned. Ah, yes. It is a time to be thankful for Thanksgiving. And we here at 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair are thankful for that too. I know I'm thankful for Thanksgiving. I'm sure our co-host Jacob Getz is thankful and I'm sure our new slash sportscaster Campbell is also thankful, correct? Um, yes. I guess. I sense some hesitation. Are you okay? Yeah, um, Thanksgiving's cool. All right, I'll take it. Moving on, we have some great stories for you. According to the Good, Good News Network, once biologically dead, London's River Thames rebounds with seahorses and seals the once declared biologically dead thames river flows as much life as with water these days and the first report on its health in 60 years is enough to make a person cheer perhaps 115 species of fish live in the river providing food for not one not two but three species of shark which swim above the river bottom where seahorses and eels can be found the state of the Thames report highlights the gradual work and reduction of pressure of life in the river over the last 60 years when pollution and sewage decimated it. Short and long-term phosphorus concentrations have fallen while dissolved oxygen has increased. Annual counts of both species of seal have taken place on the Thames estuary every year since 2013, except during 2020. And they've increased from 797 harbor seals to 932, and from 2,866 2, gray seals to 3,243. Additionally, the future is bright for the river, as while some measurements of life in the Thames are worsening, the report details a new super sewer that will divert 95% of all sewage from the waterway. That's awesome. Nice. I mean, a little scary, you know, the fact that there are three species of sharks there. But other than that, seals are cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny that, yeah. like, I don't know, we're scared of sharks. So it's just like, eh, maybe don't. 
Well, yeah, it's weird that we are scared because I don't think I remember like reading or watching somewhere that they're not as bad as the movies portray them to be. I could never be which... scared of a fish, bro. You're stuck in water. Yes. Well, that's why I don't go in water. They have home court advantage. But even so. if you go in water, you just run. Just, just get out. I'm sorry. Do you run in you water? Just, you just you just um swim right out of there. You know, you just okay. Yeah. Book it. I mean, you know that I, quick. May I just uh, go energetic freestyle. Uh, may I put my little pun in there? Just keep yes. swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> yes. Just keep swimming. Uh, exactly. I mean, yeah. But once again, uh, home court advantage. I feel like the sharks might be better at yeah, swimming. Yeah, sharks than don't you. even have arms, bro. Like, I don't know. No, They're what fins. they lack in arms, they make up in rows of teeth. Yeah. They have I more than teeth. one. What's so special about that? Their razor sharp and they look cool My on a necklace. Sharp. I think, yeah. Never mind. I'm yeah. Not, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Hold up there. You think they named the shark Bruce? Uh, After finding Nemo? I mean, there's three species of sharks. I'm sure one of them is named bruce that's like saying like on all of campus do you think there's somebody named john smith like i'm sure there is there's like twenty thousand people here so you know it's possible but i definitely like this is really cool because like for some reason like with the with these rivers i don't think like they are water they are connected most of the time to like the ocean and stuff so like you don't think about them like having wildlife because you're like oh they're like shipping ports and where all the cruise lines go and whatnot and it's really like yeah but there's things who live here like there are now upwards of three thousand gray seals in the Thames itself and i find that amazing it is pretty cool yeah saving saving nature is super cool I oh like yeah it. i like it when the folks do that um that this is an at to the u.s government um <laughs> You know, that's this is I'm putting it on my Christmas list and, and I'm sending it right to uh, President Joe Biden. I, I mean, go ahead. I, I yeah, I don't know if uh, Joe Biden is omnipotent as as omnipotent as Santa is and all powerful. So I don't know, I don't know. how much he'll be able to grant that. We'll see. But I think it's worth trying. With that being said. Jake, do you have our next story? I guess. I guess. Wait, hold up. Let me let me check my bag. Oh, yes, here it is. Um, okay. So so this guy turns old tires into beautiful cozy beds for six thousand stray dogs and cats in Brazil. Wow. Although common sense dictates it's best to let sleeping dogs lie, nowhere is it written that they can't do so without a touch of panache. Is that how you pronounce that word? I believe so. Okay. And if the beds they lie in are a boost to the environment and can give comfort to homeless pets, so much the better. That's what the Brazilian artist, environmentalist, and animal lover, uh, Silla Filho, was inspired to do after coming across a pile of used tires in his neighborhood a few years ago. Where some saw trash, Silla Filho saw a opportunity for upcycling treasure, making a world of difference to stray cats and dogs. After collecting the tires and giving them a throat cleaning, Silla Filo put his artistic vision to work, fashioning personalized pet beds. Once the custom paint jobs were complete, with the addition of hand-sewn mattresses, the colorful, com- the colorful comfy costs were ready to be distributed to local shelters. To meet growing demand, he launched 
Kamin has pets and has since gone on to craft more than 6,000 beds. I love it. It's adorable. That is very nice. I want to say this props to him for doing that because I've had ideas like this to like take junk and turn it into something. I wanted to turn like a tire, a, a tire rim, you know, like the hubcaps, I guess they're called. Yeah, the part that goes on like the main center of the wheel. I wanted to mm-hmm. turn one of those into a clock, but I don't cool. have that kind of engineering knowledge to do that. Yeah, clocks are clocks seem tough. Yeah, but like this is cool. Like, and there's pictures here too, and they look so cute. Oh, really? Yeah, like so. Most of the tire doesn't seem to be there anymore. Oh no! Like, like he kind of very cuts off the tire. Top. Yeah, but, but yeah, like, it does look like he cut most of it off just to um make it like a little bowl yeah for the dog seat but it's so cute they're painted in nice like pastel colors they've got these yeah. polka dot they got bedding. names on them Aww. yeah and little dog bones oh yeah so cute <laughs> that's pretty great and the fact that he's made over six thousand of these things i guess it's a very simple design too true Might as well just keep going but also where do you find six thousand unused tires oh people throw their tires like yeah okay i guess you're right like people just dump that stuff true i i'm bad at estimation so i don't know how much six thousand is especially if he's by like a junkyard or something yeah like a trap yard or something and i, like I do want to say it looks like possibly he might have cut them in half and made two beds out of one tire so that Ooh, knocks it down to only three thousand tires which is a little better. Yeah. But like, it's so cool. Like, and he, and the, the other thing is, it's not like, oh, he's making these and then the mass listing them for sale. The primary focus of his mission here is to give them to homeless dogs and cats. Yeah. And he's donating them to shelters. The whole, the, the thing that sticks out to me other than how cute it is, is the it's it's for a donation thing this is not a hey i have a good idea let me market it and yeah profit off of it he's doing this because like this this is a sad doggy and now sad doggy has a bed yeah and so it's just cute all around although i must admit it's probably very tiring work to make six thousand of them it is probably a lot i I'm, i'm sure he didn't do it in one day or anything like that but uh it does sound like a lot to um I, I, it is an undertaking it would be even like awesome like at the end of the article it's just like oh by the way he did all this in one day yeah <laughs> that'd be sick i mean you describe the process and it doesn't seem like it's a, a walk in the park for lack of a better word but like you know look collecting tires giving them a thorough cleaning painting them rinse and repeat 6,000 umpteen times that's a lot of work yeah and you know props to him for not like making 10 and being like okay that's enough uh making 600 times that amount and being like let me do more I don't know if I could do that (laughs) I'm gonna be honest it must get tedious but um yeah I don't know I mean like mind-numbing work isn't horrible yeah Yeah, though i don't consider this as mind numbing you're right tedious is a much better word or repetitive per Mm -hmm. se which i i don't mind that because it comes it does become like uh 
automated for mm-hmm. lack of a better word at some point like after the first few you know exactly what to do and you kind of can just fly through them but like to think about making six thousand that number scares me yeah that's kind of just something that you you don't you can't even really like i guess you could work towards it but it's more over the more course of like a long time yeah. doing it you know and eventually you just kind of look back and you're like wow yeah, I guess yeah. I, I did 6,000 of those. I, I think that goes for a lot of things. Looking at a task, like an arduous task, it'd mm-hmm. be like, oh boy, I have to do that, is a lot different than like doing it, not thinking about it, and then looking back yeah. and be like, oh, I did that said arduous task that I was putting off. I can't believe I did that. That was like no time at all. Yeah, I feel that Give way a lot about books, you know? Yeah, that's very true. It's like you read, you see the book, and it's like, oh man, that's yeah. a lot. How am I gonna do all that? And then you just sit down every once in a while, and it adds up. Huh? Yeah, that's very true. I lit- I was, I literally know exactly what you're talking about because I uh, was reading a seven book series, and they're all like upwards of 400 pages. I'm like, how am I gonna get through those? And uh, now I'm waiting for the last book to come out because <laughs> I finished them. That's so awesome. yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about. But with that being said. We are going to take a short little break. And when we come back, we'll have Emily McCormack here to give us the newest on what's happening on Tunes on Tuesday this week on 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair. Stay tuned. And welcome back to 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair. This is the Fall Tuesday Morning Buzz 2021 edition. This is November 23rd, 747 in the morning. With your host, Kyle Pepitone, co-host, Jacob Getz, sports slash newscaster, Campbell Donovan, and our segment host, drum roll, please. Thank you, Campbell. Emily McCormack, here to give us the latest on Tunes on Tuesday. Emily, what is going on? What can we expect? <laughs> First of all, process more enjoyable. Her music focuses on self-care and what makes you feel healthy, something she decided to attend to even more so during the pandemic. Krell also speaks about her methods of getting through writer's block, including writing down phrases or nice things she passes by and utilizes this as musical inspiration. She also emphasizes the importance of making music that allows her audience to understand that they are never alone and there are other people who are going through the same struggles. In this interview, she also touches on the idea of music streaming growing in popularity and the positive side of how accessible music is nowadays. Krell talks about her dream collaborations, recent favorite tunes, and her passions outside of her musical career. Krell is looking forward to going on tour in January 2022, making a stop in New York City's Mercury Lounge on January 16th. New music from May Krell this week and more tunes from Sir Sly, Grandson, Two Feet, Tom Morello, Susto, Nick Country, McFly, Yanaka, Arkelis, Jack Sampson, and many more. Tunes on Tuesday airs at 2 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen in for new music and good vibes. That's me. <laughs> what I love and what I'm seeing as a constant theme through all these artists we have for Tunes on Tuesday is there's a big influx of like, well, I mean, this is what writing is uh, mostly, but like, there's that whole thing about like writing how you're feeling, like especially what exactly what Phantom Limb is talking about, that cathartic feeling of writing, because it, re- it really is. And mm-hmm. I can speak from experience that like when things are hard, like writing is like 
writing down what you feel is like getting it out. It's now somewhere else that it can fester or whatever, and you don't have to think about it anymore. Does that make sense? I yeah. totally understand that. Okay. I, I think, um, you know, with the pandemic, a lot of people like, I'm, I'm going to say like more so like towards the beginning, like during the thick of it, a lot of people felt very isolated. Mm -hmm. And even though you were able to communicate with people like online through calls or whatever, you couldn't really express those emotions that you might've been feeling like you don't want to, first of all, a lot of people feel like that you don't want to burden other people mm -hmm. with your personal sadness. Right. And then when you're just kind of dealing with it by yourself, you know, it's not a good thing to go through alone. So I feel like writing, no matter what kind of medium, if it's songwriting or poetry or screenwriting or whatever, it's good to kind of get those emotions out, especially during such an isolating time yeah. in our lives. And, and you bring up a good point too, because it's not just like songwriting. It's like you said, movies, screenplays mm -hmm. and stuff too. Like the, a lot of movies are like somebody just dealing with something and they were able to fester it or manifest it into a, a cohesive story mm -hmm. yeah, rather for sure. than like, you know, going on like a scribbly tirade of like writing down what you're feeling, which is how a lot of my stuff comes together. <laughs> <laughs> but like Jake too, you also write a lot of stuff. Is that, is it a cathartic experience for you? Um, I guess, I suppose one could say. Okay, I'll take it. So what other, like, what is it more like to you then? Um, I don't know. I feel like, um, yeah, no, it is just kind of like word soup, but like <laughs> emotional word soup, you know? I like it. I like it. It, emotional it all word comes soup. out. Um, good soup. If that's not the name of your first album. Yeah, emotional uh, word soup. I don't really have a threat here, but like I strongly recommend that should be a contender for your first yeah, album. Name. I'll, I'll put it on the list. <laughs> if you don't, I'll take it. Nah. But yeah, it's so cool. And like to see all these people talk about like, hey, here's what I'm feeling. And guess what? I'm not the only one because a whole big point of music is like, this is, it's, you know, it's a universal language almost like tone of voice, lyrics, the music behind it, it all is used most of the time to convey emotion and feelings and the cathartic experience that music really is is nice because it what one person is feeling can affect i don't know whatever hundred thousands to millions of listeners they have and i'm sure none of you are strangers to that because that's if there was a pie chart of why people listen to music i'd say like a good quarter or more of it would be catharsis feelings like getting emotions out and then there'd be a little slice of the pie for like the edm music just like to have a good time and then <laughs> i don't know the 20 or so percent left to fill in what you want but that that's my pie chart of music and i'm sure it's very similar to you right because i'm all i'm sure you all listen to music obviously not 100 percent of the time but for a good portion to like, cause you relate to what the artist or band is saying and it helps you with what you're doing in life. Um, I only listen to a hundred decks and I just, um, I, I just do it to just jam out. Okay. Campbell, <laughs> Emily. <laughs> I think my writing is based more on like what, like I feel like on a certain day, you know, like I know, like I'm not like, 
I'm I'm kind of a music uh, person at times, but like most of my writing comes like my experience in like sports and stuff. But right. I mean, like when I listen to music, I think it was like it's a way for me like to escape like if I'm having like a tough day or I'm having like a struggle with something. But you know, I think like what Emily said, like people were just stuck remotely, not knowing what to do, and they had to think of stuff to do that they would normally do outside of their home or outside in their near vicinity with other people and they couldn't do that. So they had to figure out a way to do their tasks individually and collaborate with other people to get their work done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's exactly like you said, like you write from experience, you write what you're feeling and it's amazing what can come out of it. And Jake, I'm sorry, I totally ignored you with your hundred guest <laughs> comment. I'm, I know you listen to other stuff as well. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm assuming you listen to other stuff. <laughs> no, well. literally just hundred guests okay. and sometimes in Charlie XDX. Okay. Well, that's I fine. Mean, I mean, I, go, you know, I listened you last like. week. I listened to the 10 minute version of all too well. And I had my own opinion. Oh, on Taylor. It. Got it. Yeah. Ta- sorry. Yes, yes, Taylor. I I had my own opinion on it. And, uh, I'll, I'll say this now. My cousin uh, did not like it, and she jokingly threatened to block me on social media. Oh, boy. We're going to have to hear more about We have a Taylor story coming up, so uh, save the story I, I for that. I can't wait to hear the whole <laughs> spiel of the, the, whole, the whole updated version of the album. I can't wait to provide my opinion on it, but we'll save that for later. Save it for later. Uh, Emily, you too. Uh, writing and, like, music mm-hmm. for, like, emotional listening, right? Yeah. I mean, Campbell brought up a really important word, and that's escaping. I thought, you know, during the pandemic, uh, one of my favorite albums that came out last year is by Glass Animals, and they have a song called It's Also Incredibly Loud. And I remember when that song came out, I literally just laid on my bed for a couple minutes with headphones all the way up, and I listened to that song, and I felt like I was transformed to a different place. And I felt like that was really important because, you know, I was just kind of stuck in my room for a lot last summer because of the pandemic. And um, I feel like music in itself is a really great form of communication in the sense of, you know, there's a lot of artists that, you know, I I missed out on their concerts because they were canceled and all that stuff. Um, The band Palais Royale, I followed very closely. I was supposed to see them in May and they came out with an album at the end of May. And, you know, they constantly were posting like teasers and talking about the new album and their their process. And then it finally came out and I listened to it the whole summer and it was really cool. I'd say that's one of the first albums where I kind of felt like can really connected with the artists because I was able to see into, you know, their songwriting process and the process of production and all that kind of stuff. And um, I felt like it was really great because they had a way of communicating with their fans that was different from being with them in person. Because when, you know, in person is not an option, you go to the next best thing. Very true. And speaking of concerts, uh, May Krell is going on tour early next year. And a lot of artists are too. Like we've seen touring come back this year, uh, more so in the later half, obviously, but a lot of bands are getting back out there traveling and playing different places. What, what are the, some of the, um, what are they called bands or artists that you're looking to see? I already know uh, Jake's answer. I'm sure he's <laughs> thrilled to see. What was the band again? I forget. Um, 
I want to see what bands do I want to see. I I don't know. Really? Are you are you messing with me, or do you just really like not know who you want to see? No, nothing. Really, not even a hundred gigs. I guess. I I guess it'd be cool. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell if he's messing with me or not. Uh, Campbell Emily, what about you? Honestly, uh, if I wanted to be a good cousin to my family, I would get my uh, cousin's Taylor Swift tickets if she decides to go on tour. But uh, I can't imagine I, she wouldn't. Well, I and mean, honestly, if she decides to release an album during the summertime and then she releases her version of Red. So I obviously would think that she would go on tour in the, the upcoming year. Wait, she had an original album? Yeah, she had an original too? album. That was, I think it was her Fearless album, I think. Then Jeez. she Then she re-released Red. All and right. she added a ton of new songs. Like, a ton of songs that didn't make the original like, yeah, album. Yeah, old songs. So, yeah. And I mean, if I wanted to go see some... I honestly don't know if I won... Because I've never really been to a concert before. So... I'm not really sure if I want to really want to go to a, right. a concert tour. Okay. I'm, I'm very optimistic. That. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And Emily? Concerts are very epic. They are. I cannot wait. Um, I'm going to see Youngblood at Palais Royale in, oh, geez. in February. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to, my family will be fighting for 21 Pilots tickets later today. They're going to be around <laughs> in August. Sorry, I know how you feel about more mainstream artists. But oh, I no, gotta go. no. 21 Pilots are <laughs> It's got to happen. It's got to happen. Back. I'm going to go see AJR in May. Excited for that. Haven't seen them before. Thinking about Falling in Reverse tour. I don't know how. Wait, who's AJR? AJ, what? AJR? The band. AJR. Dear Winter, I hope Is you, I don't know. Abbreviated for something? Uh, or am I just their, incredibly stupid? No, oh, no it's, it's called, called their band AJR. Is called AJR. It's, oh, um, okay. Yeah, it's Not their very first. Creative. All their first initials. Got it. AJR. Yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking uh, all American rejects. Oh. Not even close. Oh, wow. They're the one with like the don't, really. Don't get me started with with uh, all American rejects. <laughs> I love that band so much. Yeah. I okay. So I just never heard. I, I am incredibly stupid. I just. Oh never heard no! No, you're fine. No, don't yeah, don't try to. Dare you not know about Kyle. AJR, Kyle. This is. I will not judge you based off of not knowing AJR. <laughs> But I yeah, falling in reverse too. Seems yeah, this is this is me telling my mom, "Hi, I want to go. <laughs> want to come with me?" It's okay. It's so I bet none of you can guess the two bands that are on the top of my list what? that I see. Ice Nine Tails. Yeah. Um, yes. What? And what's the other one you like? AJR clearly. I'm I'm one for two. I was going to say uh, I said Slipknot, right? That's Slipknot, Slipknot would be cool. I don't know if they're on the top of my list only because I'm brittle and would not survive a mosh pit. <laughs> Oh man, a Slipknot mosh pit. Yeah, oh, I don't know. No. I I go to emo shows and like emo shows are like, they they we mosh, but like there's not like um, like it's not like a hard like a mm -hmm. hardcore moshing. It's it's like a nice little hug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, nah. nice little hug. It's We're like, all, let's all be like, sad together. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know, um, but. Yeah, no, I've gone to Warped and there's like, you know, mosh pits there. I stayed on the outside of that. I don't want to get mosh pits are so fun. Yeah. On by if you ever see a mosh pit, just throat. jump right in there. <laughs> don't think about Travis Scott. Just jump Ooh. on it. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe, no. maybe uh, a little too soon. Maybe. Uh, but with uh, that being said, 
here on 90.3 WMSC. Upper Montclair. We'll take a short break and we will continue on to hour two of the morning buzz where we get into the fun stories. So stay tuned for that. And welcome back to the morning buzz. This is the second hour of the show. Congratulations. You made it again to the second hour. That deserves a round of applause. You did. Congratulations. Yeah, I remembered we have sound effects. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm your host, Kyle Pepitone, here with my co-host, Jacob Getz, and our sportscaster slash newscaster, Campbell Donovan. And in the second half of the show, as always, we have the fun stories. And today we're going to be covering Taylor Swift, Adele, and teens and computer science. Can you tell me which one of them is not like the other two? Oh, um, yeah, it's a I hard don't know. one. Taylor Swift and Adele, they're yeah. not really the I same know. style, you know? But before any of that, once again, we have Campbell Donovan here to give us both the news and the sports cast. Campbell, with the news, what's going on in the world? Well, after that slow, slow clap, I forgot that we did have sound effects. <laughs> so now time for your 8 a.m. newscast. My name is Campbell Donovan. On this chilly Tuesday, join you live on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. From the Montclairian MSC held an in-person and online meeting to acknowledge Native land. Montclair State President Jonathan Capel started the meeting talking about Indigenous people saying, quote, one of the most central issues that we have to face as a country, one element of the past is that we have to reconcile ourselves with genocide of Indigenous Americans that is an actually a foundational element of this country. The genocide of cultural and literal Native Americans is one aspect of our country that is shamefully papered over, end quote. According to NJ.com, a Burlington County man admitted his, admitted his role in a GoFundMe scam that involved his then-girlfriend in a lie about a helpful homeless veteran. A man and his girlfriend wound up securing $400,000 from online donors. In national news, AP News says Kyle Rainhouse told Fox News that his case was not a matter of race. Rainhouse stated, quote, his case has nothing to do with race. It, ne it had never, it had never had anything to do with race, excuse me. It had to do with the right to self-defense, end quote. More on that later that we discussed earlier. Now for the weather. On this Tuesday, we are looking at a high of 44 and a low of 31. It's currently a chilly 31 degrees, so be sure to bundle up with their heavy winter-esque clothing. The air quality is good, and the humidity is at around 60%. Today will be nice and sunny with that chilly air. This has been your 8 a.m. newscast. Back to you, Kyle, so you can segue back to me in two seconds. <laughs> you called it exactly thank you campbell and here we have campbell donovan with the sports cast campbell what's going on in the world of sports <laughs> well what's going on in the world of sports now time for your am sports cast the mother of football was crazy crazy on the part of tampa bay and that the bucks absolutely demolished the new york football giants 20 to 30 the go tom brady had himself on night well basketball now LeBron James is suspended, has been suspended for one game after his ejection during a scrum against the Detroit Pistons. James will not play tonight for the first time in his career. Well, I guess, I guess the New York Knicks. So MSG will be rocking 
in home favor of the Knicks as the team will not be playing tonight. And last night, the Brooklyn Nets defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers 117 to 112. Good news for Devils fans. Jack Hughes is back on the ice for the Devils, participating in a non-contact gray jersey, but he's back on the ice after his shoulder injury early in the season. Tonight, Montclair State women's and men's basketball will be on the road tonight in Kane as they take on the Cougars in a back-to-back matinee. The Hall of Fame ballot has been announced. First time ballot includes David Ortiz, Mayor Ramirez, Jimmy Rollins, Ryan Howard, and a bunch of more players. And for the last time on the ballot, we will have Kurt Schilling, Roger Clemens, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds were on their last year on the ballot. And on this day, wishing Red Sox legend and pitcher Louis Tion a happy 81st birthday. This has been your 8 a.m. Sportscast here on 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair, the voice of Montclair State University. Back to you, Kyle. Thank you, Campbell. And now we move into the fun story. So today, Campbell, earlier in the show, about like 10 minutes ago, you talked about Taylor Swift and a 10-minute version of All Too Well. Am I correct? Yes. Well, have I got news for you. As according to Billboard.com, Taylor Swift's All Too Well, parentheses, Taylor's version, soars in at number one on Billboard Hot 100. Taylor Swift blasts in at number one on the Billboard Top 100 songs chart with All Too Well, parentheses, Taylor's version. The song, long considered to be a classic among her catalog, is from her new re-recorded LP, Red, parentheses, Taylor's version, which concurrently launches at number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart. All Too Well, parentheses, Taylor version, you get the point at this point, was released on Red, parentheses, Taylor's version, November 12th on Republic Records via two versions on the set. It's five minute, 29 second original and a 10 minute, 13 second version, both of which are combined into one listing on the Billboard charts. Swift first released her song on her 2012 album, Red, not Taylor's version, apparently, with the version having spent a week on the Hot 100 at number 80 and the ranked on the ranking dated on November 10th of 2012. With the updated recording, Swift soars her eight Hot 100 number one. The Hot 100 blends all genre U.S. streaming, official audio and official video, radio airplay, and sales data. All charts will are updated on billboard.com. I mean, that's cool and all, but Jake, like you say with your takes on mainstream artists <laughs> and as tara said i believe last week on the buzz i don't know her exact words but it was something along the lines of like who cares <laughs> yeah i could care less right now because i mean i listened to the song mm-hmm. and it was catchy but you know taylor swift fans they're uh they're very attached to the artist and her work and well i mean you could say that and stuff to but... an extent that is that could be anyone yeah you could take any band and be like okay there's a section of people that are like die hard and will 
monitor every breath they take. But wait, can I say something that might be controversial? Go ahead. Make sure to clarify that it's your opinion and not yes, that of it the is station. My opinion and not that of the station. Uh, could you imagine if WMSC had like an official take on like a Taylor Swift song? Uh, <laughs> oh, like this that's is what, what gets. And we get shut that, down like, because we're saying um, <laughs> controversial Taylor opinions. Um. Yeah. But basically, I listened to All Too Well. I wasn't familiar with it. Like, I don't remember it from, like, the original album. So this was the first time I listened. I didn't listen to the 10-minute version because I have a life. Um, <laughs> no, you only listened to the five-minute um, one. Yeah, and I was like, this this kind of sounds just like Fearless. Like a worse Fearless. What? No, Fearless okay. is a lot more. I have, I have an opinion. Or, like, Not I don't know. I, maybe it I, wasn't Fearless. But so there was another All Too song. Well is kind of like back of my mind vaguely there but isn't it a much slower song like yeah i don't know it's it sounded slow. a lot like w- another one of her songs to me and i'm pretty sure it was fearless, well i mean it but... is a taylor swift song so it might sound similar to but like other similar taylor like song. melody yeah uh it's possible i am not i it's i don't usually breathe uh and bleed taylor swift so like i wouldn't know entirely but like Kyle. I don't know where this comment is going. Kyle. Yeah. I have an opinion. Please go ahead. Okay, please go. I my thought of the song. I thought the song was good. I did not think it was fantastic. That's my opinion. That's fair. I will get ridiculed at Thanksgiving dinner, but I don't <laughs> care. I don't care at all. You might want to start running now. We got some uh diehard Taylor fans in the station, and they they come in about nine o'clock. So make sure I'm out of here by then. I mean, <laughs> honestly. I'll be first in the Thanksgiving table and I will provide my opinions there. <laughs> so, but like they said, taxes and other stuff that we don't talk about, but yeah. music, maybe not that. See, here's my thing. The, so the article says when it first released, it only peaked at 80. And now that it re-released, it peaked at number one. It, are you guys familiar with when it comes to YouTube with the term re-upload? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's exactly what it seems like. And yes, we, I, I really can't say anything. Oh, she's just releasing the same album so people will buy it again. Like, obviously, yes, she's doing it so she owns the rights to the music. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. Uh, music, I believe the term is music litigation. Yeah. It, this is big for that. But with that being said, I feel like it shouldn't even get the chance to chart because there's nothing new about it. I mean, right? It's just the same song. I mean, it's the same song, but it's her, like, it's her version of the song. And also, I guess, like, adding more. From a legal standpoint, I understand that, but the original was also her version of the song, and she's the one who made it. Well, an oversight on it. Oh, okay. That um, I don't, but once again, it's very similar to just. And it's also being produced now. So it, it is still being like, it is still a product of now. That is true, but it's very similar. And I'm not big on what the music industry is. I don't, I love focus on music, not the business or whatever behind it, but it feels very similar to what a band will do when they remaster an album. Yeah. Which is just something that they do a lot. Right. So like, right. So I it just like, great. Like you own your music. Taylor, that's amazing, but I feel like you're taking away spots on the charts for other bands, specifically smaller, even more local bands. I mean, come on, you know if 
if she wasn't doing it, you think it'd go to like your super cool band from, you know, Minnesota or whatever, like. like no, but there'd be know. a better chance is what I'm saying. I, I guess. I, I, I don't know. It, it is hard. Yeah. Like the chances of it going to a smaller band, let's say we knock Taylor off and the chances of it going to another band are astronomical, but there's still a chance there. And even with like Taylor is huge. And yes, while I'm saying it might not go to a smaller band, maybe just starting out with the first single, there are still other artists and bands that aren't at the level of Taylor Swift that have a better shot of getting on the charts. Mm -hmm. Does any of this make sense? Well, um, kind of because I think like you're like the way that you're saying it, because like how like huge her fan base is, yeah. and how much she invests popularity of her her popularity in general how mainstream like how mainstream she is and how like her songs will peak at, in the top 10s in the top 20s and then her songs will stay at number one for a number of weeks and that generates more more income and more uh value for her right it's just it i'm i'm sorry but it's not like it doesn't seem fair like we know Taylor is going to get on the charts on Spotify alone. She has upwards of 55 million monthly listeners. Now take a band with like only a million or like 500,000 that are still well-known or a band or artist that are still well-known, but don't have nearly that many. It feels like they're being knocked off the charts for something that came out originally nine years ago right am i wrong here am i fighting a losing battle yeah okay i think you can are because like i was like it's thinking like, in my head he's yeah. like i was thinking how uh bruno mars just mm -hmm. like like got into like this like like two person band i guess the silk said. yeah silk sonic uh so sonic and his they they made their album and they're like top of the charts. And now here comes Taylor Swift re-releasing her version of Red. And it's like, oh my goodness, Taylor Swift's releasing her music, adding new songs, and now she's number one in the charts. I guess, I mean, I'm trying to put that in that perspective. No, I because guess. I, I don't I right, even Kenny, I, even Kenny disagrees with me. I actually All don't right. know. I, I don't well, with Silk Sonic, that's an entirely original yeah. album. Yeah. With Taylor's, it's nine out of 30 songs that are new. Stop hating, I, Kyle. Honestly. I'm not. Okay. Gosh, you know what? we get it. You hate Taylor Swift. I don't know. You know? I, no, 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 you're Kyle, totally misconstruing my point. Kyle, I agree with you. I do not, like, I don't hate Taylor Swift. It's just like, like, her, like, her music, like, now is just like, her stuff but it's like the way like it's being portrayed it's like yeah now it's like a whole different spectrum than when it was nine ten years ago okay yeah all right all right uh so i'm gonna play myself off right now <laughs> and we're gonna just take a quick break man that sound effect that sound effect is a lot longer than i thought they really draw that one out. Yeah. But with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, 
we have some more talks, some of involving music and some involving computer science. So stay tuned for that. Good morning and welcome back to the morning. <laughs> and the morning bonk. <laughs> the morning bonk. I am your host, Kyle Pepitone, co-host Jacob Getz, and our sports slash newscaster, Campbell Donovan. And the ghost of Kenny is yelling at me for stealing the morning bong. <laughs> Although I'm in my, I might be wrong, but I'm, I thought I came up with it first. Uh, so, but if I didn't, credit, oh, yeah. credit for the joke goes to Kenny. He's our producer. He does more than you can imagine. And uh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to miss him one day. Yeah. But that's a new story for another time. Oh, yeah. Right now. Right. Yeah, I know. He's going to get morning bonk for the last time. Don't tell Kenny, but we should do a special show for him on his last day. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, Jake, take it away. Okay. Okay. You didn't hear that. Okay. All, <laughs> all, all you're thinking about, clear your mind. Just think about how kids, teens believe girls aren't interested in computer science, according to a study. Children as young as six, as age six, develop ideas that girls are less interested than boys in computer science and engineering. These are stereotypes that can extend into the late teens and contribute to a gender gap in STEM college courses and related careers. New research from the University of Houston and the University of Washington published Monday in the Proceedings of the National Academy, Academy of Academy of Science uh, explores the gender-based beliefs young children and teens hold about interest in STEM fields. The majority of children believe girls are less interested than boys in computer science and engineering. The study's lead author said, quote, gender interest stereotypes that STEM is for boys begins in grade school. And by the time they reach high school, many girls have made their decision not to pursue degrees in computer science and engineering because they feel they don't belong. As recently as 2019, National statistics reveal that women are un underrepresented in some popular and lucrative STEM careers. United States Census Bureau statistics show that only about 25% of computer scientists and 15% of engineers were women. Huh. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's like not, not so much drilled into their head, but like planted in their head from such a young mm -hmm. age and it just grows into that yeah it's not for me is sad because is. like not like yeah like stem like that's not fair and that applies that could that means that applies to anything any type of job or what have you field of education hobbies whatever that it can be affected by external sources or external like stimuli having the whole like yeah we're gonna put this we're gonna give you the idea that this isn't for you and just watch it grow over the years so we can kind of like tell you what you should be doing yeah unfortunately these stereotypes are really pervasive yeah they kind of just like they creep in in media you know you yeah see it a lot and um it's but unfortunate because it does have a very real world um effect right but a good thing is like especially now's time we're really working on fixing that and you know like there's a lot of people going out there to like try and promoting stem education and 
going into the STEM field, especially specifically for young girls and, you know, teenagers and stuff like that, because like you said in the article, it, it is a thing like they are underrepresented because they just don't believe by the time they are like choosing their careers, they don't believe like this is meant for me. And yeah. it's, it is a sad thing to see, especially uh, from science, a science field, because we don't see that a lot. Like every, a lot of other job fields are pretty balanced in terms of uh, gender representation, but STEM science fields and STEM overall uh, seem to be the one that has the biggest gap between the people working there mm. and it is sad to see i don't know how many times i've said sad yeah. i it's, it's very sad <laughs> yeah i i don't have a thesaurus on me so i can't replace yeah. the word sad but you understand what i'm saying we should right? keep a thesaurus here i feel like dictionary i feel like that would be a lot of dead air while we wait <laughs> for somebody to find the word a good synonym for sad <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe like an app, but like having a physical thesaurus and all you just hear is whoosh, 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 as they try to flip through the pages is uh maybe not the best idea, but you can uh bring it up with the SMT and see what they say. Yeah. But yeah, I mean hopefully this is something we can work on more so in the future and like get that more representation because uh even when me and you jake were talking to david rush yeah he's not doing world records just to do them he's doing them to promote that if you put your mind to it you can do anything specifically stem education yeah and that's something that should go out to everyone yeah so it like and it's a perfect way his philosophy for lack of a better word is a better is a one of the best ways to combat this like oh you're from a young age you're taught to believe that stem isn't for you how about you try putting your mind to it and it's just like oh yeah okay well that first problem is now gone i can do anything within reason of course and that it it does feel like the polar opposite uh what david rush was saying when we interviewed him feels like the polar opposite to what i'm reading in this article where it's like from the youngest age yeah you're told you can't believe things and you have that mentality throughout your life and it starts to affect what you do. And then Dave Rush is like, yeah, but that can work in a positive way. Yeah. If you believe you can do it, then that'll manifest throughout your life. And then you'll be much better off for it. Mm -hmm. And just from a psychological standpoint, that is amazing. No, yeah, that interview was so cool. Yeah. Everything he has to say was amazing. Once again, David Rush, if you're listening, thank you. That was one of the best interviews I ever did for this station. But moving on, we have more news from Adele, where she got, according to the BBC, she got Spotify to take the shuffle button off of all her album pages. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Not all of her album pages, off of all album pages adele Wait, has persuaded sorry go ahead like all the album pages that's what the article claims let's see what it has to say 
Adele has persuaded Spotify to take the shuffle button off of all album pages so tracks play in the artist order. The singer tweeted, quote, we don't create albums with so much care and thought into our track listing for no reason. Our art tells a story and our stories should be listened to as we intended them. Thank you. Thank you, Spotify, for listening, end quote. The streaming service replied, quote, anything for you, end quote. A statement later held their new premium feature to make the play button default, to make, to make play the button. Sorry. Okay. Words are just not there. That's not true. To make play the default button on all albums, end quote. A Spotify spokesperson said they were excited to be rolling out this new feature, which was long requested by both users and artists. The spokesperson said Spotify users could still use, choose to shuffle an album, but the system would default to playing the tracks in the artist's chosen order. Okay, big question. Uh, number one, if this was long requested by users and artists alike, why did it take Adele to finally have Spotify say, you know what? Let's do it. I don't know. Adele's got to pull. I guess, but like that strong, like above a multitude of artists and users alike. Eh, I mean, sure, I guess. And then it feels like kind of half-hearted. That's like, yeah, you can still shovel them if you want. It's just going to default to playing in order. Yeah, which is probably a good thing, especially for like yeah. albums. Like for a playlist, I could see it being on shuffle, but yeah, the fact that it defaulted to shuffle for an album is kind of silly. Is weird. I mean, it's not that hard to literally just click the first track and have it play through, but you know, I get it. The big green button is enticing. Yeah, but, but... I am. I I love this. I am a little annoyed. I didn't think about this. Yeah, like I'm not one of the users who was campaigning for this only because it never crossed my mind that it could be something to be campaigned for because i hate every time i have to mention this but albums listening to albums is a dying art and it's unfortunate we live in a very single culture where everything is focused on one single after another and albums are just kind of like eh. mm -hmm. and as a graphic designer, I will say, I think there's a positive in singles because you can have more album art and it gives you more chances to be creative. But very often or very rare do artists do that. Usually they'll just use the album cover throughout all their singles. I like it when they have separate single things. It's always cool. It adds more to the kind of oeuvre of the album. Yeah, exactly. But like, I don't like it when it's just a single with no intention to be anywhere else i think that's fine i don't know it's fine in rarity like you, you it's been a long time and you have this new song you want to put out but when it's your entire career i don't know just there, there's something about albums that i like especially what adele was saying it, it tells a story you can't obviously you can tell a story with one song but when you have a list of songs you can tell a much more expansive story. Yeah, it's a lot more co like uh, it's a bigger work. Yeah, and co cohesive too is a good word to use. And I will say this: there's nothing I love more when I'm listening to an album and one song bleeds into another, no yeah. break. That is beautiful. I love it. 
And Adele's right, the shuffle will take away from that because you know, you're not going to get the same song back to back. And if you listen to albums in order, you get accidental things like we uh we will rock you, we are the champions are constantly played back to back on the radio only because they just happened to be one after each other on the album. They weren't ever intended uh, by Queen, by the way, they weren't ever intended to be played the same. They just were like, all right, we believe this is the best order of songs for this album. Oh, we created probably one of the greatest things in classic rock history. Yeah. So I'm all for it. I love it. And although I don't listen to much Adele and I'm very guilty of being part of the streaming culture, I do appreciate it when artists will not immediately put up an album on streaming and only release it physically because there's something to be said about a physical copy of an album that just kind of makes it better. Um, I think it's definitely nice having the physical copy. It's just cool to just have something, especially if it's like smaller artists and you're supporting them. Yeah, but, um, exactly. I don't know, kind of gatekeeping it to the physical. That's just that's just not fun for me. Right. Well, I don't know about like obviously not gatekeeping it, but just waiting a little bit to release it on streaming. Like release the album and then like give it like three or six months and then put it on streaming. Oh my god. That would be awful, dude. Okay. Like I, don't I mean, know. I've never put out anything before en masse. So yeah. I don't know. Oh, man, especially if it was like a big art. Could you imagine if it was just well, like that's exactly buy a vinyl or a CD? If well, you want to hear That's exactly it. what Adele did. Wow. With uh, her album 25. And I guess that's why I haven't heard it yet. Well, I mean, it's so according to the BBC article, quote, this marked a change from her last album 25, which could only be bought or physically bought physically or downloaded when it released in November 2015. It became the fastest selling album in British history shifting more than 800,000 copies in the first week. It was not until June 2016 that it was made available on streaming sites, such as Spotify, Apple Music, and Tidal, end quote. So, I mean, say what you will, like, I'm about big artists gatekeeping, like you said, their album uh, from streaming services, but apparently it did her pretty well to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it works. So, yeah, yeah, but I, I do understand what you're saying, like, we live in a very digital age, uh, more so a streaming age. And like Emily was mentioning earlier, um, we're going into a much more streaming culture. Mm-hmm. And so like barring it from streaming on a, upon immediate release is bound to hurt more smaller artists than it is to help. Because let's face it, Adele is huge probably somewhere on the same level as Taylor Swift. So mm-hmm. she could she could have said, you have to climb Mount Everest if you want to hear the album and you'd still get an influx of people going to do it. Mm-hmm. But like if a smaller artist did that, people would probably wait and it would probably hurt the numbers. Yeah. But with that being said, we have more news on Adele. <laughs> Oh, geez. <laughs> Part two. Jake, Electric would you like to take away. it away? Yes. I. You got an Adele story now. I, it's my turn. Yep. 
um, a TV host flew 10,000 miles um, for an exclusive interview with Adele, only to have it canceled after he said he hadn't listened to her new album. See? That's what I'm talking about. How is he supposed to get a vinyl? <laughs> like, get a vinyl player on the plane? Ugh. Okay, so an Australian TV host landed an exclusive interview with Adele, but the footage was withheld after he told her that he hadn't listened to her new album, 30. Matthew Doran, the host of Channel 7's The Weekend Sunrise Show, flew to London from Sydney, a journey of about 10,000 miles, on November 4th to interview Adele in her only album interview with an Australian outlet. During the interview, when asked by Adele what he thought of the new album, Doran said he hadn't listened to it yet, and the singer was offended. The interview ran to completion, but Sony, who owns Adele's music, later told Channel 7 that it was withholding rights to the interview footage as a result of Doran's oversight. That's kind of iconic. <laughs> you imagine how awkward that must have been? Like, oh, so what do you think of my uh, album? It's like, uh, um, uh, you're what? Uh, you you put it on an album? I didn't even know. <laughs> okay, you flew ten thousand miles. Yeah, what were you doing all that time? I don't know how I don't know how fast the plane goes. I'm not going to calculate the time of that flight. But you didn't have an hour to just like go through it once, yeah, just or even look up the cliff notes of it, or even like any of the singles, or like, come on, dude. That is That's like just bad reporting. Rule number one: be prepared. Yeah, like that is like okay. Like yes, be prepared for an interview and stuff. And if you're doing a music interview, the easiest way to at least have a base knowledge is listen to the artist you're interviewing. Yeah. Right? I don't know. It's so bizarre. I can't believe um. I'm not crazy in saying this, right? No, that's pretty important. You think like even if it was a matter of like. The uh, the physical copies like not being like it's not on streaming. It's not even that. It, this one is on streaming. Oh, this one, wow. Yeah. No excuse. Not no, not at all. Yes. How? That's so. The the, the first say. thing we learn here at WMSC is always be prepared. Well, the first thing is we get what we put into it. The second thing is when we're doing interviews and stuff, be prepared. And to just be like, okay, even that, just like fake your way through it. Don't openly admit you haven't heard it. Right? Yeah, maybe even like, I don't know. Campbell, what are your thoughts on this? Always be prepared to know what your interviewee wants, I guess you would say, but also... Take some notes, listen to their product, watch their product, be invested in their product. I mean, that's rule number one of uh, ethics. You have to be prepared to ask the the interview questions about anything. But if they ask you what they think, what your thoughts are, you have to be able to answer that too. Yeah. And an, an interview goes two ways. You you have to be prepared to be interviewed yourself. Make it a conversation, please. That's that's number one. Exactly. Just make it a conversation, the person. Have the conversation. Ne- but on the other hand, to defend this guy to an extent, 
Adele being offended that he didn't listen to an album. I don't know about that. Feels like a bit of an overreaction. Curious that you wouldn't listen to my album, knowing that you're going to interview me. I understand. Outright offended? I don't know. I don't know. Coming over, trying to um, I think talking to her about this album and making like I don't know, making it a whole thing and making money off of covering her album you know yeah at least you could do is listen to it yeah i i just feel offended feels like the wrong word my my if that happened to me if i put out an album and let's say jake you were interviewing me for i don't know let's mm-hmm. make up some show called tunes on tuesday yeah uh which but i don't know airs at let's say two and five p.m uh eastern time on wmsc just uh, hypothetical off the top of my head and you said, and I asked you, what did you think about my new album? And you just outright admitted, first of all, I don't know why you would do that, but you just outright admitted you, you didn't lie hear it. at that point, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't be like, how dare you not listen to my album? I'd be like, how didn't you listen to my album knowing you were interviewing me? That yeah. would be my reaction. But then again, I'm not worth half my also, weight in gold. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of, it is kind of, offensive a little bit on like it i don't know about offensive kind of, it's definitely disrespectful it's a subtle diss you know yeah it's like, a, it's like oh yeah i didn't listen to it like it's like dang i know okay. more about you i don't have to come prepared to interview you i'm bigger than you that's what it feels like it feels disrespectful yeah. more than offensive but i get what you're I, saying I, aren't those like kind of synonyms to an extent not entirely but they're they're very close in meeting i so yes i understand what you're saying but looking at it from that perspective it 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 comes off as i'm better than you i don't need to prepare to interview you so yeah i'd be a little offended actually i'll i'll admit i i was just trying to defend him in some aspect but uh this is my second losing battle of the show uh i'm throwing in my white flag all right now we're going to pittsburgh right yes Take it away. I'm 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 done talking. You're not gonna hear <laughs> another word out of me. That's okay. a lie. That's it. Not, make me talk. <laughs> not in a pickle any longer. Giant ornament returned to Pittsburgh. The pickle didn't pop. After the ornament that Pittsburgh Downtown Partnership tried last year to install deflated, there is a new one to take its place. Thought to be the world's largest pickle ornament, it was unveiled on Thursday in downtown Pittsburgh. It's located in the EQT Plaza at 625 Liberty Ave. The pickle was grown as a gift from the Kraft Heinz to celebrate Heinz hometown roots, according to the PDP, which is inviting visitors to take a photo with the pickle and post it on social media via hashtag pickle ornament PGH. The pickle represents a German-American holiday tradition of hiding a pickle-shaped ornament on a family Christmas tree. The first person to find the pickle on Christmas morning receives an extra present or a year of good luck. Hooper said that pick, this pickle should be should give the entire city good luck since you really can't miss it. Um. Okay. So I looked at the article uh, before you started reading. And um, yeah, I didn't expect to see an actual inflatable pickle ornament. I just thought... Yeah. 
I just thought this pickle didn't pop was like a turn of phrase I've never heard before. Nope, it's a pickle ornament. Yep, it it's is a pickle. It is a pickle ornament. And the whole, I, I like the whole idea of like hiding one of them, like an ornament on the tree and whoever gets it wins. That is kind of cute. That's not. But I feel like that's not the biggest, like as far as scavenger hunts goes, it's a little, um, very contained, very small. I mean, you're very quick game. You're searching green on green, so I guess that's true. There, there's some challenge to it, but also you're but right. It's, it's not pickle. like I feel like that will stand out. I don't know. I've never see. I would too, as pickles are usually not associated with being on Christmas trees or just Christmas at all. Yeah, like I, I don't think Christmas are kind of like a weird, you know, Christmas vibe. Santa Claus, pickles. It's like, weird. Know. We've ever, like makes me kind of uncomfortable to be honest. Yeah. But I think now, I think now just to spice up my front yard a little bit, uh is that worthy of a pun intended or no? No, that's because pickle's not really a spice, right? No. Yeah. Uh I would say just a sour kind of. Yeah. To mix up the decorations on my front lawn, I might get a giant inflatable Christmas pickle now. You know, That'd nothing really says cool. holiday cheer like a bread and butter pickle. And you which, can put like a Santa hat on it. Why? But <laughs> a pickle why, with Santa hat why would you make a big deal out of it? <laughs> that was good. Thank you. That was good. I'm I, here I, all day. I will say though this is my opinion bread and butter are the best pickles honestly i have no what? idea what that means the the chip ones the chip? Uh, yeah what? i i don't know i don't i'm not a pickle connoisseur I'm so i'm so confused but i like the chip pickles better than the full pickles do you like fried pickles i don't think i've ever had fried pickles you haven't had fried pickles no kyle they're the best thing ever huh I'm very skeptical of fried pickles. I'll have to try them someday. I, I, I think I've um I don't think I have. Yeah, I don't think I have either, but they, they do sound interesting. But yes. It's just, it's just the sliced up pickles deep fried. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've had a... cooked pickles before, not deep fried though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool. So um yeah. Pittsburgh now has a giant inflatable pickle and I kind of want to know if I can get one for my front lawn. Yeah. Uh, I think we got the Discord chat waking up today. Yep. A lot, a lot of pickle talk. <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of sketchy. Uh, were, were you guys here business. last week or was this on? I forget what day I mentioned this, but there's a there's a um, house where I live that always decorates these two skeletons on a weekly basis in their front yard. Were you guys here for that or no? No. Okay. So long story short, there's this guy who lives on like an intersection and what they do is they have these two skeletons and like every week or two, they'll like put them in different seasonal outfits and stuff. And now I'm wondering, I might do that with this pickle, you know, like dress it up in different holiday um, robes, like throw a Santa hat on it, maybe a new year's sash when January comes along. Might be a good idea, right? Nothing says holiday spirit, like a, uh, What's another type of pickle? Um, dill. Cucumber? We already use that one. What? Um, I don't know. There are only so many so many pickles out there. Yeah. Um, Jake, do you want to 
take away to the next one before this spirals wildly yeah. out of control. No, there's, there's lots of, yeah, okay. <laughs> so Will Smith says Press was vicious to his son after over After Earth failure. I led him to a public mauling. It's a great time to be Will Smith. The actor is a front runner to land an Oscar nomination for his performance in King Richard, and he has a new memoir, memoir titled Will. One moment from the memoir comes when Smith reveals that his son, Jaden, asked to be emancipated from his parents at 15 years old following the critical and box office failure of After Earth. The 2013 M. Night Shyamalan film was based on Will's original idea and was anticipated for reuniting Will and Jaden on the screen for the first time since the pursuit of happiness. With Will Smith said, quote, After Earth was an abysmal box office and critical failure. And what worse was, and what was worse was that Jaden took the hit. Fans and the press were absolutely vicious. They said and printed printed things about Jaden that I refused to repeat. Jaden had faithfully done everything I had instructed him to do, and I had coached him in the worst possible, into the worst public mauling he'd ever experienced. We never discussed it, but I know he felt betrayed. He felt misled, and he lost his trust in my leadership. At 15 years old, when Jaden asked about being an emancipated, being an emancipated minor, my heart shattered. He ultimately decided against it, but it sucks to feel like you've hurt your kids. End quote. That's that's tough. That's tough. That's I guess the kind of inherent risk of being a child actor. Yeah, and, uh, um, yeah. They they go through a lot, and it's unfair. And I was gonna say this but now i feel bad because i know i'm in the same group people get so worked up over the slightest thing like they get on uh what's the oh my goodness i can't remember the word it's um misconstrued no it's on something unrealistically un unjustifiably angry over these stupid things and i can't say anything because while i was not seething with rage i was baffled over uh, a lot of the stuff surrounding spider-man no way home specifically the movie posters so i really can't condemn everybody for like going after a child for a bad movie well i can because it's not his fault yeah, no, At that's all. kind of ridiculous to go over any actor. Like, unless, like, it was their performance, which, I mean, I'm sure, like, it didn't help. But when it's a child actor, especially, it's it's really inappropriate to go after the yeah. actor for something, for any grievance you have with a film. I remember, like, um, the whole thing with Breaking Bad where um, the actress who played Skylar got, like, so much backlash and death threats because, like, she's just an annoying character. Like, some she's not an annoying character on the show but some people felt that way um and it's just ridiculous because like yeah no exactly I mean, do you not know how just just the tv works just to put bring bring more to that point their kids yeah being paid to do his job and they're being told and they're being paid to be like like coach what to do and stuff i mean like that's what you're supposed to do like I, I know it's like a show and like movies and stuff, but like right. these, at the end of the day, at that time, they're still just kids and they're still, they're being paid 
to act for audiences that are so invested to the product. Well, I will say something regarding both of what you just said. Number one, I think a lot of that stems from jealousy. Like, oh, this kid is getting paid six times the amount I do. Let me bash him. And yeah, I can. Yeah, there's probably some of that. that in there. Yeah. And then the whole like critics overall are just I don't get it. Like there it, it makes no sense to me to just tear something apart and be like, yeah, this is what I think of it. This is what you oh, all should think of it. Well, tearing something apart can be very fun. That's yes. that's the point. And also but, sometimes like this movie probably it wasn't very good. Like yeah, but I don't know. It doesn't deserve bashing a 15 year old child yeah that's who clearly was not it clearly wasn't his idea oh and if it was his idea a 15 year old just made just wrote a movie i think that's pretty impressive whether it's the next marvel hit or not so yeah well i mean every every marvel fan and every spider-man fan is literally criticizing the movie poster to the trailer because they think what is and what's not and what they think that's going to be in the film and yeah this is my opinion not station i think that's such a huge problem with marvel fans because they're so loyal and they're so invested to the product of comics to movies to now shows is that they want they're so invested in what they want and what they think and ultimately, they might not get it, and that's when they take to social media. Well, that is another thing. Their displeasure of what they're thinking, because I I've watched the Spider-Man new Spider-Man trailer, right? And people were taking screenshots, and they're saying, "Who is this trying to attack the Sandman? Mm-hmm. Who is this trying to attack Electro?" Yeah, it's not. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, which I think, in my personal opinion, I really don't think he's the best Spider-Man of all of them because I'm a firm believer in the original Tobey Maguire yeah. Spider-Man because that's I mean that's a whole nother that is a whole nother can of worms. But I'm I'm just not going to anger any more Marvel fans because <laughs> I don't know much much Marvel stuff than looking at the movies, so I don't want to get attacked for my opinion. Right, but that's another thing too. There's one thing to just senselessly bash something that's even the slightest bit of not good, but then it goes the other way too of just mindlessly praising everything something does. And this could be said for anything, but there, the extremes on both ends of anything are just, A, not healthy for the people in them. It's really gonna like, you're causing yourself unnecessary stress. But at the same time, like, it's just not good for the people around you. Like, there should be a moderate, a moderation in anything. Like, call something out when it's not good. Don't tear it to pieces just for doing it. But at the same time, don't say, oh, they can do no wrong. Well, I don't know. I this- think you could tear something to pieces all you want, as long as you're focusing on the media and not the people who yeah. made it. Unless yeah. the people who made it deserve to be torn to well, pieces. Yeah, if which they're horrible happen, people, it does happen, but it doesn't seem like this is the case. Well, no, that's not what, that. that's well, in my like my opinion, that's what I did. Like I went to Twitter to talk about my my like 
experience in watching the many states of north like the the prequel movie to the surprise yeah. like they had a bunch of stuff that i liked but i i will say and i won't give any spoilers for anyone who still has to watch it like i didn't like the plot i didn't like the whole background of the story right it wasn't there it was it felt focused centrally on one thing and it really didn't provide any more background on the character of Tony Soprano because right. it wasn't supposed to be about Tony Soprano. Oh, so. okay. That's interesting. But yeah, exactly what you're saying there. With that being said, we've reached the end of the morning buzz. I have been your host, Kyle Pepitone, here with my co-host, Jacob Getz, and our news slash sportscaster, Campbell Donovan. This has been 90.3 WMSC, Upper Montclair. And would anybody like to say their goodbyes? Bye. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, good point. Totally forgot about that. Happy Turkey Day. Happy Turkey Day, everybody. Uh, Just just make sure you watch the parade and watch football. (laughs) If you're interested, of course. (laughs) Make uh, our sportscaster happy. (laughs) That's that's the one thing. And then. Don't get into arguments about music because you'll never win that argument. Oh no, you those can go on for hours. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be awful on Thursday for me. <laughs> All right, have a great Thanksgiving, guys. We'll see you next week.